Welcome to Knock Talk, North of Center's podcast about the challenges of leading in a world that operates at the speed of send. During this episode, Knock CEO Cliff W. Gilmore and Knock COO B.J. Fitzpatrick Jr. discuss the concept of leading up when you think your boss is wrong, when you know your boss is wrong, and when you may be just a tad too eager to be right. Hey there, you've got Cliff W. Gilmore and B.J. Fitzpatrick from North of Center with you today. Uh, welcome back. Glad to talk with you. And uh, B.J., uh, i just throw the ball right over you. I think you had a topic on your mind. Well, Cliff, we were talking about it, and uh, and I do have one on my mind, and, it, and it's when you're uh, maybe not in charge where the decisions are being made, and you feel like maybe you know more than the decision maker, or you're frustrated by the decisions. How do you deal with that when you're inside of an organization? Maybe you're a leader of your small group, and, and how do you do that? And it just kind of brought back a lot of thoughts of me being maybe a young lieutenant, and of course, I thought I knew everything all the time, and uh, you know, proved I was wrong later on, but it leads us you and I talking about uh, some communications and trust that, that can be developed by leaders uh, to avoid those kind of situations. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll open with a story that just comes to mind. Uh, there I was. Now, um, we were out there. Uh, it was Okinawa at the time, and uh, we had just brought in this uh, this high-speed vessel. It was called. It was a, a, a trimaran. It was I a remember fast- it. That fast-moving boat that, that basically could move, uh, you know, light light troops across just for training purposes. It wasn't a war boat. Uh, it was leased, in fact, and it was just a fast-moving boat to move folks around the island, uh, around the, the Pacific um, island chains there so that uh, they could get to training. Um, and so I got called in. I was a, a the media officer at the time, and, and so I was working for a public affairs guy who's a little senior to me, and we got called in to talk to uh, one of the you know one of the senior leaders to lay this down. He's like, yeah, oh, this thing's going in, uh, and um, we're going to start using it to move people around. But man, it's it's going to be you know people around here are going to make a big deal that it's an increase in our presence, and, all, and it's not. And we just want it's all in motion, and it's costing us a bunch, and it's going to speed things up. It's going to be better for the environment, all these things. But but it's going to be a brouhaha when it just goes. So I don't want, I don't want you saying anything about it. If you get queries, I don't want it. I don't want you anything at all. I don't want you even planning about this. And uh, my boss, the PAO, the public affairs guy was like, yes, sir. Okay. Got it. And young captain Gilmore went, well, sir, it seems to me, this is the kind of thing where planning is exactly what we should be doing. And that was the wrong thing to say for a million different reasons. Um, And uh, I was young enough to survive it. My boss, threw himself between me and a, and a colonel who'd gone through the roof and, uh, you know, shooed me off. But, um, but yeah, that urge to, to be like, I'm, I'm young, I'm fired up. I know what's going on and you're missing the point, you know, 20 year older guy with much more experience and a much broader view of what's going on throughout the whole organization. Um, the, the learning point that was driven home to me on that one wasn't just like, don't talk truth to power. Nobody told me, you know, shut up. You can't, you can't wave a flag, a warning flag. Uh, it was now you've you've got to listen to what he's really saying and understand what that senior leader is talking about uh, within the context of the bigger picture that he can see that you can't. Uh, and so I, you know, I had a pretty good view of what was going on all over because as the media officer, I was I was involved in in a bunch of stuff, but I still didn't have the full picture that the most senior leaders had. Um, and and I needed to understand that uh, you know a- asking more questions might have been more useful than than just you know offering advice up the chain on uh, you know a correction. Um, uh, but also it brought to mind that as a more senior leader, if you if you compartmentalize what you're doing, you know you have that broad view, 
And uh, you, you do have that sense of, of all the balls that you're juggling and, and all the ways that they interact and could knock into each other or whatnot. And if you're not giving your subordinates or, or the other, you know, section leaders or whatever, whatever title or organization you're under, if you're not passing around to them, giving them all at least a sense of that bigger picture, um, then you will run into times then when that young fired up leader is, is really narrowly focused and thinks that's the whole world. And, and does something that, that, you know, makes you start dropping the balls you're juggling or disrupts you uh, be, out of the best of intentions. You know, they're, they're driving ahead doing the best they can, but they disrupt because they just don't have the bigger picture. And, and another advantage as a more senior leader of sharing what's going on with your, your, uh, your more junior folks or your, your other organizations is they may very well be seeing something that you're missing. Um, or they may see something or experience something where they can click it in and go, oh, wait, wait, this is how this ties in. Uh, and so, you know, they can offer, offer, offer help. Uh, they can lead up uh, because they have that awareness of all the things you're working on. But yeah, BJ, oh man, I remember myself being so fired up as a young, you know, young uh, up and coming leader. just like, I know it and I've got my values and I got my vision and I know what I'm doing. And <laughs> my boss is crazy. Uh, and I uh, really had to just take a breath, uh, still have to take a breath quite often and slow okay. down and, and, and remind myself that, the folks up above are probably seeing more and, and have a different sense of what's going on than I do. And as a junior guy, I've got that obligation to try to understand that. Uh, I, me too, Cliff. And I have something that still resides in me today. Uh, when one of those situations popped up, I, I think, okay, I'm, I'm losing my correct point here right now. And I need to argue it right now, as opposed to going, okay, this is going to take a little while. First off, maybe the boss is right, and maybe I need to go back and do what that person has asked me to do. Now, if it doesn't work out in the planning, I can go back and go, we've been working on what you asked us to do, and as I understood it, it's this. We tried it, and here's where we're having trouble. Do you have guidance, or can I offer some recommendations? And and I think I still have that lieutenant-like impetus to jump in and try to win the argument now, as opposed to going, okay. Uh, everything's good here. Uh, nothing's illegal. Nothing's, you know, it, it's, it's just different than what I think is going to work and go work through that plan and give the boss that credibility uh, that he or she has already earned and, and, and is there and then come back after having done the work. I think I, I've always found a more receptive audience in a senior leader. When you say, I understood you to say this, we've tried really hard on that. Here's some of the places we're falling apart. And oftentimes, A, they didn't see it, or uh, they say, oh, well, it's because I meant this and this and this. I understand that's going to be a problem. Oh, that clarifies, and then you move on. So mm -hmm. I think taking a slower approach to your disagreement, it's a weak spot for me. I always have to remember to do it, be a little more patient, because so many times I do find the boss actually it was right. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I, we, uh, North of center, we, we look at pretty much every problem through the, the lens of communication based leadership. And, and one of the things that pops out from that, uh, that story there is, uh, the timeliness principle and, uh, and, and, and why timeliness is one of our core principles rather than speed. Uh, if you're, if you're concentrating on what's the right time to say or do something, uh, you can be fast if you have to. But if you're prioritizing speed over timeliness, you're going to be that young fired up guy who's like, I got to win this now. I got to do this now. I got to say this now. I got to be heard now. 
and and that will uh, that will jump you off track and and can hurt you in the long run, both in terms of your your immediate goals and mission, uh, but also just your your development within an organization. Uh, if you get and, right and your credibility as a uh, as a valued employee in the organization. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And what uh, you know in the case uh, the the high speed vehicle or high speed vessel story uh, that I gave there, um, you know what I what I what I ended up having to take away was well. You know, they said, you got to hear what the boss is really telling you. And when he was saying, I don't even want you to plan a uh, one, he was, he was being hyperbolic on purpose. He was driving home the point that this really needs to be held close because we have to be able to, to manage it as it goes. Uh, so what he was, he, what he didn't mean literally don't even plan. He wasn't telling me shut my brain down and just wait for the phone to ring. Uh, what he was saying is don't go back to your office and send an email out inviting everybody to plan on this topic and book a conference room and all that. He was saying, you know, be, be mellow, be discreet about this, go back to your office, pull your people together, have a conversation, keep them informed about what's going on and, 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 you know, be ready. But he did, he didn't literally mean don't even plan. So, you know, I, I responded with, you know, <laughs> this, why is beyond my years? Well, planning is what we should be doing. And I'm thinking, well, I've been through the classes where they taught us, you got to plan, got to plan, got to know how to plan. And, you know, how is this senior leader forgetting that key thing? And then I should have stopped and said, oh, wait, no, no, he, he probably knows it better than I do. <laughs> well, well, in the Marine Corps, you know, he knew that when he used the P word plan, that the first thing you do is gather people. Yeah. And then it becomes a deal. And so clearly that was in his head and, and it might not, you know, maybe he could have been more clear, but I see what you're saying there is he knows amongst the group he was talking to, if he said plan for first thing you're going to do is gather a bunch of people mm -hmm. and, and you're going to make it very important. And he was trying to keep it kind of yep. lower than that. So I, I get it you know, when you say that. Yeah. And it just does, this reminds me of one of the core truths, the enduring truths of CBL, which is just leadership is about relationships. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of live and breathe the idea that leadership's a lifestyle and it's not about position and authority, not just about that. Uh, it's, it's about, you know, leading up, leading across. Uh, I mean, you can lead with your family uh, and it doesn't mean you're in charge. Follow me. It means that you're watching and you're contributing and you're helping getting people where we we all want to go together. Um, and in this particular case, that truth of leadership is about relationships included the relationship with my own senior bosses. And the relationship has to be one of knowing, knowing each other well enough that, that you're giving your, your, you're giving them their credibility. You know, you're, you're in this case, of course he knew what planning was all about. So my initial assumption that he said, don't even plan, you know, and I'm assuming like, how'd this guy forget that? Well, no, stop. Wait, would he really, is that even realistic? No. <laughs> I needed to know that leader so that I understood what was going on. And then incidentally, I needed to know him well enough uh, that, uh, that uh, and he needed to know me well enough that when I offered that, he could smile and be like, yeah, yeah, I get you. Instead of wanting to go through the roof, which he did. I, this was one of those cases where my own boss kind of grabbed me by the back of the collar and was like, pulled me back a step. I was like, it's okay to the boss. I, I got it, sir. We, we know what you mean. And kind of walked me out of the room and then, and then, uh, to, to his uh, credit, he didn't then chew me out. He just sat me down. I was like, Hey man, you know, I know, I know what you're, I know what you were getting at. This is what the boss was getting at. This is what we need to do next. And he got me, he made me right. He got me oriented correctly. Um, but that relationship piece is key there too. And it's, uh, you know, any relationship is a two way thing. It's, it's gotta be built both directions and you need to build a relationship with your bosses and, and they need to know who you are. Um, and very often they're really busy and they're not going to be trying to be your best friend, certainly, they might not know you all that well. So you have to use that time that you have, uh, which by the way, gets to 
our communication capacity is limited, but you have to use that capacity, use that time you have to build that relationship when you have it. Uh, in that particular case, that was one of my first opportunities to interact directly with that senior leader. That was a very limited amount of capacity I had, and I used it to call him out and put him on the spot instead of using it to take a breath and say, oh, hey, got it, <laughs> and leave the impression that I could understand and translate. Um, so I, I, needed to, I needed to learn and grow there a bit. And I was lucky. I had a good team that helped me learn and grow on the leadership side of things in that case. And, and that could have been and a bad day. times when, when you're, well, in those times, you know, you think you're right, you are right, you have a counterpoint. And, and um, the people I've always been the most impressed with myself, a lot of times as peers, but, but it didn't matter um, whether they were, um, you know, below, above, whatever, uh, same as, is we all know those people who, when they open their mouth, everyone stops and looks at them because they only open their mouth to say really important stuff. Mm -hmm. They don't get caught in the hubbub. They don't worry about, they don't get argumentative. They don't raise their voice. They don't, nothing. When they talk, people stop because they have decided now is an important time to say an important thing. And when they're through saying it, and this is one of those public, you know, th these media, uh, you know, uh, rules, Cliff, when you're, when you're through talking, stop. Uh, when they're through making their point, they stop because they know they've made it. And I, I always aspired to be one of those. Sometimes I can be, but sometimes I'm not. Oh, I hear you. I, I am one of those, uh, you know, one of my own mantras along the way is, you know, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll tell other folks, like, hey, I'll keep talking if you let me. Um, and I've learned uh, I'm a fast talker. I talk faster and faster the more excited I get about something, whether it's a good thing, a bad thing. Um, and I've learned that I'll, I'll cycle back and, and I'll start making the same point, you know, a third time. And I, I've learned now to try and listen to myself and know when I've, I'm, I'm trying to get to where I hear myself making it the second time. And I go, oh, no, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking this horse. Um, just get better at making my point and then just letting it sit there. And trusting people to hear it and process it rather than, you know, driving it home until the light comes on in their eyes, dang it. <laughs> I, I, I call that uh, going around the merry-go-round, and I do it myself sometimes. Yeah. Oh, third trip around the merry-go-round, there's mom. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you, you start to go, stop repeating yourself, stop repeating yourself. And that's going on in your head, and somehow your lips keep moving and voice keeps coming out. Yep. You know, and now let's take it to another direction here because we got same situation. You've got a boss who tells you something and, and you know, you're, you're like, you're, your first thought is like, ah, oh, that's wrong. He doesn't know enough. I'm going to push back. What about those times when you really do know the thing and he really is, you know, he or she really is putting the organization in jeopardy uh, or, or really is, you know, telling you to go do something you know is the wrong thing, um, you know, whether it's wrong to the degree of illegal or whether it's just wrong in terms of, you know, if you do it, it's going to cause dominoes to start falling and sort of cascading effect of disaster. Uh, what do you do then if you raise the issue and you don't feel like it's been heard? That's a hard one. And that's where personal ethics comes in, right? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> at what point can you sleep at night? Mm -hmm. it, it gets to, I think, the you know, again, the concept of leading up um, and that we're leading all the time, you know, just, it's not just about position and, and, and authority. Um, but
but also the idea that leadership is very much about uh, wading through the gray. I mean, it, we, you know, people want to simplify leadership down to black, white. What's the right formula? What's the right thing? And and we'll even get to like we're thinking about leaders as they always make the right decision. And no, man, the best leaders are wading through the gray. And they're processing information as best they can at the time. And then when they have to make a decision, they use the information they have at the time. They distill things out into black and white. They make their decision. And then they wade back into the fog. And, and it's entirely possible. And I, I've done this. I've made decisions based on the best information at the time. And 30 seconds later, I learned something that would have totally changed my decision. And then I have to decide, well, do I, do I grab the rudder and change the direction of the ship here? Uh, or, or the tiller, I guess. You don't grab the rudder. That, you'd be drowning and <laughs> chopped by the props. But, you know, do I grab if the tiller? If you hold, you could grab it on the way by. Yeah, yeah there you go. So do I, do I grab the tiller and I really just, you know, change the direction of the ship that I just put in motion? Uh, you know, it, a ship wouldn't have a tiller either. It's a boat thing. But anyway, we, we digress. Uh, you know, do I, do I change the direction again or do I take that new information in? And again, timely rather than fast, I process it. I think it through and I find the right time to make a, a course adjustment rather than immediately like, oh, crap, new info. Uh, you know, that leadership is, 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 is wading through the gray and, and your, your team members are looking for you for that guidance through the gray. And, and you've got to deal with that. But yes, it comes down to your own ethics. I'll tell another little story. And so many of these are when they're, they're public affairs stories. So they're not, they're not war stories. Um, but um, I was an aide to a general at one point and uh, uh, he, uh, he had tasked me with finding a way to do a certain thing. And, and I won't get into all the ins and the outs of it. Um, but, but I went, I you know, tried to find the way and I came back and said, I can't find the way. And he's like, go on. And he was a yeller, which is rare among generals also. But but he would, he would go and his temper was ranking up. And I went and I took another look. And I think like the third time I came back, I said, sir, I've, I've talked to all these different people, the people you've recommended. I've worked it through. We've come up and the only solution we have is this one, which will do part of what you want to do, but we can't do everything you want to do. It just, it's not legal. <laughs> we can't do it. And, and he was, he was not listening. He was ratcheted up. And so he started laying into me, you know, I've given you a simple task and I've told you exactly what I want. So in this particular case, I reached up to my left collar and I pulled the backing off my left insignia and I took it off my shirt and I, you know, my, my blouse and I pinned it back on. I set it on his desk and he was still ranting. So I got up to the second insignia and I pulled one of the backs off and he stopped talking and he looked at me and said, what, what are you doing? I said, Oh, um, well, sir, when you hired me, you gave me three tasks. You said, Make sure you're informed when you go into a meeting. Don't let you be late and keep you out of jail. And, and you're telling me to do something that's going to send you to jail. So I'm, I'm resigning. And a uh, you know, little trick I learned from that other colonel about you know, hyperbole. I was using the extreme example. And, and my boss blinked at me for a minute. And he was like, oh, just put those back on and, and have a seat. And so I was like, oh, I sir. So I pinned him back on and uh, sat back down. And then that, that deflated him. <laughs> and, and he came back. It's like, all right, talk to me here. And I said, all right, here's what's going on. Here's what we can do. And this is the best we can do. I know what your intent is. I know what you're trying to achieve. Um, and this is the best we can do, the closest we can get you to that and go. And it, and it worked quite well. Um, and I tell you what, afterwards, I practically wanted to throw up. You know, the story now is glib and funny. And it's a, a, young, a young officer standing his ground. Um, but, uh, there isn't entirely possible, you know, it was entirely possible at that moment. He could have been like, fine, get out, you're fired next. Um, and that would have been, uh, that would have been a bad scene. 
Um, but, but what I had to make there was that decision of he's telling me to do something that just ain't right. And if I do it, as you said, I won't be able to sleep tomorrow night. Um, and I might not be able to sleep tomorrow night because I'm going to be sleeping on a really uncomfortable cot, uh, in a, a very small room with a bunch of other people in one toilet. Uh, so, you know, I, I had to get that word across, uh, I'll close this story out. I'll take a breath and I want to make it clear that I was not working for a general who regularly was trying to break the law. Uh, he, he was, he had a whole bunch of other things going on. This thing was one of the things he was trying to wrestle with. He wanted to get it off his plate and, and, and he needed the, you know, the ideal answer would have made a bunch of other things much easier for him. And, and he was caught up. So, so Cliff, yeah, you know, I've seen this a thousand times. A, a senior leader comes up with what would be an illegal idea. Um, now, not clearly illegal, like we're going to go knock over this bank. But how about we do, and, and it's something that's very reasonable. But then again, that's why those senior leaders are surrounded by these experts in their fields and are counting on them to provide unblemished factual input that's not based on um, uh, emotion, but based on facts. And somebody says, sir, it's, it's actually not legal to do that. Let me give you a recommendation. I think I see where you want to go. So it's not that those senior leaders are trying to do illegal things. It's that they're trying to do, they're, they're in charge of the entire organization and they can't be done in those particular details. And I saw it in Afghanistan. Um, and, and, you know, we would, we would look at a situation and, and try to figure out um, where legal was. And, and it was not always clear. You were there, you know, the deal on that. It's just, it's never clear. You're always trying to do the right thing. And sometimes what seems like the right thing actually isn't legal and you've got to come up with another way to do something. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, to your point, of course, the general wasn't trying to do illegal things. Uh, that's why he had people like you to tell him where those things were. And, and that comes from, uh, you know, you're in a leadership position, even when you're talking to your leader. Mm-hmm. And in, in the situation where we're talking about legality, uh, you've at least got that buffer uh, you, or that framework that you can use. And, and you know, uh, you can point to that at some point and say, well, there's the law uh, where it gets much more complicated and challenging is when it's, uh, I'll use the phrase, when, when it's only about ethics. <laughs> um, but it becomes all that much more complicated when it, when it comes down to the ethics of right and wrong and, and needing to give a recommendation or, or pushback on a, on a senior leader um, because you're, you're concerned that, that it crosses ethical lines. And ethical lines can be all that much more subjective and gray. Um, and that can become a very hard one to push back on. And, and unfortunately, I don't have a story to give an easy answer to that. Um, that, that ultimately becomes the matter of, uh, you know, choosing uh, still, can you sleep that night? Um, but, but choosing within your spot, well, okay, if I do this thing uh, and we do it this way, uh, is, is it going, you know, what, what's the effect going to be both on the organization uh, and on you as an individual? And, uh, and ultimately then that's, that's one of the challenges of leadership is making those hard decisions and then taking responsibility for those decisions, even if you're a, a junior leader within the team. Um, but uh, I, I, I know that uh, I, this may or may not be a good parallel story, but I remember being at a range in the Marine Corps and out in the middle of the desert and things weren't going exactly right. And it wasn't my range. I was kind of the senior leader on, on the spot there. And uh, 
So there we were, and we're getting ready to go. And I looked around and I said, you know, this doesn't look right. And so I asked the the uh, commander on the ground and I said, so, so what are you doing about this? Oh, it's okay. We're going to do this. Okay, carry on. And we're getting ready to go. And this is live fire. This is a uh, hundred people at a time, uh, you know, very dangerous. It's hot outside, everything else. And I said, well, what about this? Oh, well, it's okay, sir. We're, we're going to do this. And so there were workarounds and kind of gets to my uh, merry-go-round. By the third time around the merry-go-round, I'm like, okay, let me talk to one of the other senior leaders here. And I said, okay, it, it, let's pretend like I'm sitting at my uh, court-martial and they've just found me guilty. Let's back up and figure out how we got here. And, and kind of that's how I would say things. You know, let's, let's just take it from my guilty verdict and move backwards. We've made about 10 workarounds here. This sounds like the dumbest idea ever. I say we don't go eat. And he told me, the guy I was talking to, I'm glad you said that because that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, shut her down. And, yep. and we made the right call. Uh, we brought in more supervision. We put more things in place to make it safer. Um, you know, my boss came in and helped. I was there and a couple other people were there so that we could provide supervision so that the, the Marines could get the training but that we wouldn't do it in a way that we just knew wasn't the right way to do it. Yeah. And we, you know, we, we'd long said, you know, no, no plan survives first contact with the enemy. Uh, and I've modified that to no, no plan survives first contact with reality. But the idea behind a good plan is that it gives you, uh, it gives you steps and process and procedure and a really good plan also gives you flexibility so that you can adapt and react um, but about the you know second or third time, the answer starts being, well, here's the workaround. Then y- your you know your spidey sense should be tingling that wait a minute, we, we're we're creating so many branch workarounds here that those are going to collide with each other at some point. And if we get the wrong combination of those, you know maybe workaround A, B, and C, either one of them by themselves is a good answer to you know to a, a problem set. You look, you go, oh wait, okay, that one thing. Uh, let here's the solution. So if then go to option B. The key word there, got, Cliff, is good plan. Yes, uh, I, yes. I, I was not dealing with people that had a good plan. Exactly. Yeah, and if uh, if you run into that, you know, okay, here's the one. If then, then okay, go to plan B, and then you've got another. And also, if this, then go to plan D. Which, and which is why the boss asked me to go out there because he knew I wouldn't let them do that if it was a bad plan and it was a terrible plan. And yeah. so that's just, uh, he was counting on me to make that call. But so you, you didn't kill in, somebody. in your example, you highlighted a really powerful thing about effective leadership, which is tact. Um, and, um, you know, being able to, 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 to tactfully offer a critique. And that's, that's probably a good place uh, to, to look towards wrapping up this discussion, because in a sense, we've come back to where we started on the front end about how, how do you address these things? You know, and, and uh, the, the first example of, you know, of a fired up young, young leader that I was, you know, right then, right now, well, what about, you know, we should plan. That's exactly what we should do. So eager to be right uh, that I wasn't listening. And um, that, that, you know, when, when you're going to, when you're leading uh, up, down, across, whichever direction and whatever your position, uh, if you want to be heard, it's very much got to be about, about the relationships with those people up, down, and across from you. And, you know, the, the timing of what you say and what you do and how you say it and do it uh, so that you can be best heard. Um, and, and if you're, you're, you're pushing back too hard, too aggressively, uh, very often you'll, you'll contribute to the problem rather than solving the problem. 
Uh, maybe, so, maybe one day I'll, I'll tell the story where I absolutely exploded on the boss in Afghanistan. <laughs> I didn't mean to, just we'll, kind of happened. We'll but. check and make sure the whole crew is retired before we put that story on. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, there's certainly, I think if we're talking about the same boss, great example of a really solid boss who was juggling a million different balls. Um, and, and yeah, at, at some point as a subordinate leader, you know, you're, you're leading up, you're, you're helping your leaders succeed. And, um, you, you, you have to be able to, you have to know them. You have to understand the relationship there. Uh, but you know, in closing leadership, isn't just about position and authority. Um, it's, it's, it's about leading when the opportunity is there and leading up is one of those ways. So as a, as a subordinate, you know, if you're, if you're seeing something that you've got questions about, or you think there's a better way, you certainly need to speak up. Uh, but uh, tact is one of the ways that you can do that and uh, making sure that you're, you're speaking up in a way that's going to be heard. You're speaking up at the right time and place so that you can be heard and it can be processed. Um, and yes, there are times when you just have to throw your arms in the air and wave flags around and say, stop, stop, stop. Um, but more often than not, you can wait a couple minutes, take a breath, and maybe even afterwards say, you know, hey, do you, hey boss, do you have a minute? Um, you know, just wanted to plant this seed. You know, just wanted to put this thought. I'm not, I'm not sure if you thought about it yet. Maybe you already have, but I just wanted to say it. If that's okay, can you spare a minute? And what you have then is a boss who is out of the meeting, out of the situation. You know, you've got a, you're having a new conversation as opposed to trying to join the one that was already going on um, and, and in motion. So uh, if there is a theme today, I'd say it's, it's timeliness um, when it comes to, um, you know, leading up. I think we talked a little bit about tact, even though it's not one, not one of the principles, but it does lead to credibility. It does. Uh, we talked about earlier. It does. And, um, you know, I've had, I've had that critique actually, or, you know, I, and I challenge people to look at the, the CBL framework and, and, you know, you know, in fact, I used to tell my own Marines uh, and I think we've said we're wrapping up three times. I'm going in circles, but I used to tell my own guys, Hey, take this, take this model out, use it. And, and if you bring it back as a bag of broken tinker toys, no problem because we can make it better. Um, but you don't have a model right now. So use this one. And, and so I've had folks, I challenge them, they'll come back, well, where's tact on that? And no, it's not on there. Uh, but what I have found, and I'll, I'll rattle them off quick, the, the Fat Cupid's acronym of principles here. If you have free-flowing information, you're being accurate, you're being timely, you're striving to maintain your credibility, so your words, deeds, alignment, and consistency, you strive for a unified voice with folks, uh, you protect privacy, you create interaction, and you delegate that voice and action, and finally, you, you prioritize safety and security. If you do those things, they lead to tact. Because you know, by by making sure you're being accurate and timely, uh, it, it 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 leads to it. It, it doesn't. Uh, it's not an answer. It doesn't mean you'll always be tactful, um, but it helps guide you there in a very effective way. So, um, any final words there, BJ? I'll hand the mic to you and let you finish because I'll keep talking if you let me. I know. Uh, no, I think we're good today. That was a good thirty minutes and uh, good good place for us to stop. Well, thanks for your time today and everybody else out there. Uh, thanks for investing your time with us, listening to our stories. Uh, hope, hopefully it was helpful to you. And we look forward to seeing you again. Thanks. If you enjoyed this episode of Knock Talk, please recommend us to friends and colleagues who may also find these discussions helpful. To learn more about how communication-based leadership can help you navigate successfully in a world that operates at the speed of send, visit our website at www.northofcenter.com. 
You can also drop us a line anytime with your leadership questions or to recommend future Knock Talk topics at reachknock at northofcenter.com. That's reachnoc at northofcenter.com. Finally, we want to extend our sincere thanks to Forrest Reed, who produced this episode.